When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everyone and welcome back to another edition of the pens cast i am your host garrett behanna alongside me fellow contributing writer over at pensburg.com and co-host of the pens cast it is robbie noggle robbie it is april 14th 2023 and uh what do you want to talk about uh, on this edition of the pens cast well, I mean, I was just sitting here. I mean, I pretty much been spending the last hour trying to think of what we could possibly talk about after um, what was a, I guess, I guess you could define a slow week for the Penguins, really. Um, not much going on, but I mean, I'm sure that there's something that is making headlines that we can uh, we can find some time to uh, at least give the, the folks something to listen to this week. Uh, well, I guess the... The big topic at hand, uh, maybe it's it's Jason Zucker's contract extension. Uh, uh, w- will Jason Zucker be a Pittsburgh Penguin? That can't be it. No. Uh, Tristan Jari. Uh, Tristan no. Jari. Mm. Yeah, no? he hurt. Yeah, I guess. You're right. You're right. Uh, 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 could it be um, that the Penguins uh, fired Ron Hexall and the entire front office on Friday morning? You know what? Uh, I, I think uh, for for the good of the podcast, I think uh, that will be the story that we we yeah, lead I think with. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, I agree. So, well, Robbie, let's dive into it. You you were uh, you were vocally on the train of believing that Ron Hextall, his days in Pittsburgh were numbered as Pittsburgh Penguins general manager. And Friday morning, we got the news: the Penguins relieved Brian Burke. Ron Hextall and assistant general manager Chris Pryor of their duties. Fenway Sports Group was leading that charge. And uh, Robbie, we could be here for hours on end discussing the the ups and downs, the ins and outs of, of the Ron Hextall era, the two years that he was in charge of the, the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I think we've done that ad nauseum throughout the course of this season. So Robbie, you expected it. I expected it. I think the majority of the Penguins fandom expected it, uh, especially after losing in overtime to the Columbus Blue Jackets 3-2 to two on Thursday. The Fenway Sports Group wasted no time in, in saying that they wanted to go in a different direction, and this is exactly that. And uh, give, me, give me a little bit... Uh, a little bit of time to pull up some of the uh, recent articles and quotes. But uh, as I do that, uh, Robbie, you have been forecasting it and you had been hypothesizing it and, and wanting it to happen. And like I said, I think everyone wanted it to happen on some level, but Ron Hextall and Ryan Burke are out. 
what were your initial reactions when the news dropped early Friday morning? Well, I can't really say that, and I think that most people will go along with this, is really nobody's surprised, right? I Maybe there was an inkling of doubt in your head that, oh, maybe they won't do it, but I'm pretty sure that the way things all played out, that it, 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 Ron Hextall and Brian Burke uh, and that entire front office team were not going to be managing the Penguins much longer. Uh, before the game against Columbus, which uh, we can touch on a little bit later, there's not much to really talk about there, but um, it kind of came out that basically the whispers were saying that the Penguins were in the process or the Fenway Sports Group, uh, the owners were in the process of preparing to fire the, the hockey ops staff, which includes Brian Burke, Ron Hextall, and Chris Pryor. It was and the whispers they weren't as as the day went on on Thursday the whispers weren't much whispers anymore you kind of saw the writing on the wall and then Friday morning I think it was about eleven o'clock the the news broke the Penguins released a statement saying that those three had been relieved of their duties and a new search for general manager uh, will begin immediately basically after when the news breaks all the all the details kind of come forward it basically said that ron hextall and brian burke had been saying uh their goodbyes to the staff at uh, ppg paints arena and within the penguins organization as early as wednesday before going out to columbus they did travel uh, with the team to columbus um i'm pretty much sure at that point they pretty much uh pretty much knew and this was i guess before the penguins had officially been uh, eliminated from playoff contention. They were eliminated officially on Wednesday night. So uh, it came out, they were saying their goodbyes and thank yous uh, before before departing for Columbus on Wednesday. And you, one has to think that the game against, uh, there were, I, the game against Chicago was, I mean, if there was any nail left to, to pound into the coffin, that was kind of the last, the last hammer swing. Um, after uh, the loss on Thursday night, about an hour, I think somebody said after the Penguins were right back in Pittsburgh, uh, Rob Rossi of The Athletic tweeted a very ominous, it was just a, an, an axe emoji, which uh, kind of pretty much was the the unofficial news breaking. Um, I believe it was Dejan Kovakovic that said that the, everybody that he had talked to uh, were pretty much saying that, yeah, it was going to be on Friday at the earliest that uh, the news that the announcement was going to come. Some people might thought it might be uh, through the weekend, but uh, the the belief was it was going to come rather quickly, and rather quickly it did on Friday, uh, Friday morning just before lunchtime. And yeah, I don't think anybody's really surprised at all, to be honest with you. The writing was on the wall, not just um, because of the loss to Chicago. This is a kind of just a snowballing of uh, events that led to this, and it's quite clear that it, it was time. And uh, now we look to the future and uh, hope for better things. And um, we'll talk a little bit more here in a little bit about what was said during the Fenway Sports Group uh, press conference this afternoon. But um, I think overall that a lot of Penguin fans are obviously disappointed with how the season ended, but breathing uh, a little lighter um, as we go into this weekend. That was you mentioned it right there, Robbie, and I want to talk about that really right now the the Fenway sports group aspect of this entire transaction and 
and the direction of the Penguins moving forward. Because my biggest concern, and I have been concerned about this for a, a large chunk of the latter half of the, the season, was what is Fenway Sports Group thinking? We we as fans and media members alike, really, we we never got a solid foundation for what Fenway Sports Group looked like. How were they handling the some of these transactions? Uh, what what were their internal feelings on on Ron Hextall and and his leadership? And you mentioned it. The the, the Fenway Sports Group uh, staged a press conference, basically following up after relieving Hextall and company of of their duties. And there was a name that uh, Hooks Orpic, our overlord over at Pensburg.com, he brought up in the first line of his article talking about. Uh, Fenway Sports Group and their press conference, the name David Beeston. Uh, Beeston allegedly was the main representative at the majority of the Penguins games this year, so it seems like he was one of the more plugged-in individuals of this Fenway Sports Group collective, and he seems like he has the pulse on this franchise, and the majority of this press conference basically what I took away from this, Robbie, was that Fenway Sports Group, I was concerned because I thought they would, they were going to be about bottom dollar and nothing else. And, you know, for a collective like that who has other entities like Liverpool and the Boston Red Sox, a lot of times it's profit over everything else. And that still may be true to an extent, but the vibe that I got from this press conference was that Fenway Sports Group has a direction. Uh, one of the one of the key buzzwords in that Beeston was talking about, and Fenway Sports Group wanted to assure the fandom and the rest of the franchise was that the next general manager they want to have, they want that person to be forward thinking. And immediately, my thought, my my head went to building up a reputable, not only a reputable hockey operations department, but really hammering home the importance of analytics in today's game, uh, advanced metrics, puck possession numbers, all of all of that encompassing data into an, an analytics department. And for a while, I believe under the Jim Rutherford regime, there was something of an analytics department. And I think under the Hextall team as well, the analytics department wasn't really closed down per se, but I believe it became less pronounced. And I don't know how much feedback the analytics department was giving the likes of Ron Hextall or Brian Burke or Jim Rutherford for that matter. To me, Robbie, this is exactly what I wanted to hear from Fenway Sports Group when they look at this new direction that they have to take this franchise in. Uh, they understand Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang remain viable box office commodities. I believe Fenway Sports Group knows that they can be competitive with Crosby and Malkin. And now it's up to Fenway Sports Group, perhaps with some some guidance from Mario Lemieux as well. He was brought up in this press conference as well. It's up to them to really, Robbie, they have to hit a home run here because that is how damaging the Ron Hextall era, the, the two years he was here, that's how damaging it was for the Penguins. The Fenway Sports Group, if they really want to maximize what's left of this era, they have to hit one out of the park here, in my opinion. That's not to say every transaction is going to be undone or every new signee or draft acquisition is going to be an immediate superstar, but I left the press conference thinking I like the direction of where this is going. I am a firm believer of using analytics in your hockey operations department. 
uh, Sam Ventura, a Pittsburgh native who I believe at one point was employed by the Penguins and I believe currently works for the Buffalo Sabres analytics department. He was a, a, a pioneer in hockey analytics and using some of his data and his models to try and make analytics more digestible and more of a normal occurrence when trying to uh, trying to examine player personnel. So, Robbie, uh, I couldn't have been more satisfied with the direction that Fenway Sports Group wants to take moving forward. Uh, this is just the beginning, as we are still in mid-April. The Stanley Cup playoffs have not even begun. I, I imagine, Robbie, uh, if you're feeling the same way, I have to think that a new general manager would have to be put in place before the draft. That was my first thought, was that they'd obviously like to have someone in there before the NHL draft. The name that has been circling on social media is current Toronto Maple Leafs general manager Kyle Dubas, whose contract expires at the end of this season. Uh, Robbie, uh, we'll talk about Kyle Dubas and potential candidates in a second, but uh, we'll, we'll go back and focus on this Fenway Sports Group press conference here. What were your takeaways from this press conference? Did you like the, the vibe that FSG gave, do you like the direction that the Penguins are headed under this new ownership group? Yeah, I think the press conference uh, by uh, uh, Fenway Sports Group today definitely um, was exactly what needed needed to be done. And they have unfairly or unfairly been kind of branded as an absentee owner. Um, many people were questioning the transaction uh, these past couple months. Uh, did they even care? They hadn't really promoted the Penguins on any of their socials or their website. And I think that uh, today kind of uh, kind of lifted the curtain on what Fenway Sports Group's all about. They are a big portfolio when it comes uh, to ownership groups. For years, we were so used to in Pittsburgh, uh, and we kind of still are, I mean, not having every owner of of a – team in Pittsburgh has kind of, it's kind of been, a, a, there's been a face to it. Let's put it that way. Uh, with the Steelers, you have the Rooney family, whether it was Art Sr., Dan, Art Jr., you know who the Steelers owners are and you trust them um, uh, as owners to do the right by the franchise and the fans. Uh, the Pirates, obviously, we can do podcast episodes just complaining if we were a Pirates podcast uh, just um, harping on the Pirates ownership if you want if you want that content you can go to Talk the Plank um, the fans first uh, sports network Pirate podcast uh, go check them out but hey we know that it's Bob Nutting he's kind of the face there we know the ownership group um, stuff like that with the Penguins for what 20 almost 23 years it was um, the Lemieux Group, forefronted by the most famous penguin in history in Mario Lemieux, and uh, everybody knew who Ron Burkle was as well. You knew those faces. Well, FSG has no ties to Pittsburgh. John Henry, uh, you might know who that is if you're uh, tuned into sports enough. Obviously, the names that they're involved with, uh, with Liverpool FC, one of the biggest soccer clubs in the world, Obviously, the Red Sox, everybody knows whether you're a baseball fan or not, you know who the Boston Red Sox are. They were coming from out of state in the Northeast, but they were from outside of Pittsburgh. Um, they they didn't have the Yinzer 
uh, background, I guess you could say. They weren't from Pittsburgh. They weren't I, the way that Yinzers talk about it. They weren't from here. Uh, but yeah, I think that all, all in all, if you look at what they do, they generally know what they're doing. They've won UEFA Champions League titles. They've won a Premier League title. They've won World Series with the Red Sox. This isn't their first rodeo. This isn't some upstart ownership group that uh, just decided to buy a hockey team and see what happened. Uh, see what throws throw it again, throw stuff against the wall and see what sticks. Basically, they have experience and they're not going to be as front facing as maybe a guy like Mario was. But um, from based on what we hear in that in that press conference, uh, Mario is going to be a part of this. He's still uh, a part of this, and maybe he just needed now that the sale was final, just needed a, a year away. Maybe he just needed to uh, take a year off, focus on himself, focus on his family, and just take a step away from the hockey team. Again, the final decision will come down to the majority owners being Fenway Sports Group. But I think everything we heard today is reassuring, at the very least. And the names were being thrown around even before the news came out. Uh, The biggest name being thrown around, Kyle Dubas. Um, Even if Montreal, or yeah, Montreal, even if Toronto uh, is not eliminated early and they do make a little bit of a run, uh, Kyle Dubas' contract's up. He's essentially a free agent. Uh, whenever I don't know if it's July 1st, like like it is with uh, players, but it, if he doesn't re up, he's a free agent and can go wherever he wants to. Now, if they go on to win a cup, all logic kind of states that they're gonna they're gonna resign him. But hey, crazier things have happened that way. So yeah, Dubitz is obviously gonna be a big name. Uh, Sam Ventura, he's a Pittsburgh kid. Uh, he is he would fill the from me uh, void that has been kind of missing from the Penguins. Um, I guess you could say, but he, he's in Buffalo right now, an assistant, assistant general manager. He was with the Penguins. He basically ran uh, their analytics department for a couple years. Uh, he has his name on the Stanley Cup twice, I believe. So it, it, that would be a very big name. Eric Tolsky, um, who is from uh, currently an AGM in uh, with the Hurricanes, and you can quite see what uh, the Hurricanes have done these last few years since he got there. Uh, and again, those are two guys that basically started their journeys in hockey by tweeting. <laughs> That's not even, I'm not even being sarcastic. That is literally how they became uh, well-known. And um, those are going to be names you hear. Uh, Chris Johnson of, I believe, Sports Network, uh, Sportsnet in Canada basically said that his belief and what he is kind of hearing is that the Penguins want to bring in someone that doesn't have, has never held a general manager role uh, in the NHL. Is that true? I, I don't know. There's plenty of fresh blood out there, and that may that may scare away some people. With, uh, But that doesn't mean they'll have no experience in a front office. They're not going to just uh, pick somebody random and hire them. It's going to be somebody that knows the game, has experience at least in some kind of front office atmosphere, and that is a role that, that is, it kind of fits the mold of a Ventura or a Tolsky. They've never been a GM, but they have the experience. Uh, FSG, it is well documented that they are forward thinking when it comes to analytics. And the belief is whoever they do hire will have a blank check when it comes to the hockey operations department uh, in Pittsburgh. So uh, a lot of names to kind of keep an eye on. There's going to be some names you've heard of, some you haven't. Mario is going to get a say. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, where it goes exactly. But I think uh, there's definitely a lot of reassurance that came from that press conference today. 
you touched on not only the the positives that that came from the press conference from FSG's point of view, but also touching on some of the candidates, like you mentioned, it is their preference to go with someone who perhaps doesn't have actual general managing experience. So um, I'm not sure how long of a process this is going to take. I imagine this could be a a couple of weeks, uh, perhaps uh, maybe a month, month and a half kind of endeavor. We just have to wait and see. But what we what we do know for now is the 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 Penguins are once again on the hunt for a new general manager, and whoever accepts that 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 role, but they're coming into a situation that isn't. It's appealing in one sense, and it might not be so appealing from another because of some of the contracts that the Penguins are stuck stuck with. Still paying the likes of Jack Johnson, they're going to pay. Jeff Carter for another season. Mikel Granlin, if he sticks around, he is here for two more seasons at $5 million per season. Uh, Brian Dumoulin is a free agent. Jason Zucker is a free agent. Jake Gensel is going to be in line for an extension as well. So uh, there are some pros and cons to becoming the next general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins. But one thing is certain, it's going to be a a brand new face. And... uh, We don't have a ton of concrete details as we sit here on the evening of April 14th, the day that Ron Hextall and Brian Burke were relieved of their duties. What we do know, however, is it sounds like Fenway Sports Group is committed to maximizing however many years are left for for Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. So, uh, as always, stay with the Skating Penguin Network in audio form. Stay with Pensburg.com as we bring you the latest Penguins news. Uh, Robbie, do you have any other any other uh, bullet points, any other topics of conversation before we wrap up what has been a fascinating day in, in Penguins history with the search for a new general manager beginning? Yeah, I think that, I mean, obviously, whoever is hired as general manager, and I, I think it's going to be, especially if they're going to target guys like uh, Dubas and Tolsky, um, guys that you have to think are going to be uh, hanging around the playoffs a while. Um, there's going to be some uh, waiting there if they do want to talk to those guys. So we're probably going to be a few, we're probably a few weeks away from getting any kind of clarity on this situation. Though at this point right now, being not even in the playoffs, there's nothing uh, you could maybe look at uh, getting some small business out of the way when it comes to um, some contracts, but nothing big is going to get done and nothing big really needs to get done uh, until really until I'd say the conference finals uh, is when we would start. I mean, you're getting closer to Memorial Day at that point. So, um, yeah, we have a little time uh, to wait on that. But whoever it is is going to have a lot uh, a lot on their plate when they step into the role. Starting with, obviously, Jason Zucker's the big-name free agent. What do we do with the goalie situation? The comments by Jari basically saying that he's been just hurt all season and just playing through it and it's affected his play. You might be in a situation where you need to look for two goaltenders, the new general manager, uh, which is not great, but that's part of the job, I guess. And then your free agent, Jason Zucker, who pretty much said, I want to be in Pittsburgh. Is Zucker willing to take maybe a little more of a hometown deal uh, to remain in Pittsburgh? Are the Penguins willing to commit long-term to him or can they do a shorter deal a two- or three-year deal to retain uh, Jason Zucker. Uh, the Brian Dumoulin question, obviously it seems like Dumoulin's on his way out. I would be shocked that he is retained, but again, he is a pending free agent. Uh, and then you have the guys that 
aren't free agents, but something needs to be done. Uh, Jeff Carter, does Carter retire? I don't know what happens. It's tough to say uh, what would happen. Mikael Granlin, obviously two years left at $5 million each and just a complete disaster of a trade. What's done there is do we look into buyouts? The blue line's going to need work again, especially with uh, Brian Dumoulin likely out the door. Who takes that role? Is Marcus Pet- is it Marcus Pedersen's time uh, to take that next step and find a way to work with Chris Letang? All those questions need answered for this new GM, and then it then it's not just getting rid of those guys or fixing what it's getting players in. It's running through free agency. It's preparing for the draft. It's building up the analytics department again, and it's it's going to be a project, but uh, at least it's not one of those things where we have to try to figure out uh, what's wrong. We know what the problems are, and the problems while won't while they won't be easy to fix are apparent, and it's something that uh, the next general manager will hopefully be ready uh, to take in stride once he takes on the job. But um, I can't believe we went through this entire episode without basically, uh, yeah, the Penguins are out of the playoffs. Um, first time in 16 years. Uh, quite a run. I kind of said on uh, Twitter the night that it happened when they, or Wednesday night, I guess they were technically eliminated. Tuesday was the the ugly loss of the Blackhawks, which was kind of the, the, the beginning of the eulogy. But uh, first time in 16 years, first time since I was a uh, sophomore in high school, I was still, I was just a few weeks away from getting my my driver's license. I was still on a driving permit. Really, when you start putting it into context like that, pretty crazy uh, to think about how long uh, this streak was. And the next closest streak was eight years by the the Capitals and Predators. And really, the three longest streaks were snapped this year. Uh, the Penguins at 16, the Capitals and Predators at eight, and now Boston uh, is at six, and they are currently uh, the longest active playoff streak in the NHL, which is really, it really says something. It really gives credence to what the Penguins uh, did over the last 16 years. It's pretty, pretty darn impressive when you look back on it, and it's easy to pick out the, the failures of this year and kind of uh, focus on them. But I think the best thing for the fans to do uh, right now is to kind of uh, pre- get ready for the general manager search, uh, but also look back on the last 16 years and remember fun times, three cups. And yeah, it kind of feels like we're closing the book on an era, but I really don't think we are. I, I, I think with the right moves, this team can be back in contention next year with a forward thinking front office and one that, is ready to take on this task. And I'm excited. Uh, I'm definitely more excited than I was Wednesday night, uh, even though I knew the firing was probably coming uh, to hear the, I guess, optimism and outlook from the uh, FSG team. Um, it definitely, I think it's, it's going to be a long spring and summer for the Penguins and their fans, but uh, really a lot to look forward to uh, between, I guess now and with July when free agency starts, it's going to be, Busy, hectic, um, a lot's going to be going down, and it's still a good time to be a Penguins fan. So let's hope that we can kind of, yeah, be a little disappointed, but uh, here in the next few weeks we can start getting back to being a little more positive and uh, looking forward to next season and what it may hold as these these moves uh, pan out over the next couple weeks. And um, if, you, if you're a hockey fan like me, you know there's going to be some really good good hockey, even though the Penguins won't be partaking. Uh, a lot of really good first-round series beginning on Monday. 
Uh, so yeah, tune into that. There's obviously there's a lot of hockey in these next couple of weeks. Uh, best of luck to and to the fans of the teams. That if you're not a Penguins fan listening and you're in the playoffs, good luck, enjoy it. And I think it just kind of drives home all the point all the more that uh, enjoy it uh, because hey, even 16 years went fast and uh, kind of feels it's it's a sucky feeling. You kind of forget how it feels, but um, no, if you're a Penguins fan. Um, enjoy some good hockey, even though the Penguins aren't in it. Stress-free hockey, I guess. Uh, and enjoy these next few weeks. And uh, let's let, let's get excited about where this team's going. While the big guns are still here. Yeah, you really put a you really put a, a bow on 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 this episode of the Pens Cast. So uh, yeah, I, I basically agree with with everything that Robbie said. Uh, it feels like the end of an era, but also. It's not like this window is closing forever because Crosby, Malkin, and Latang will all return to the ice in October later this year. And in the interim, like Robbie mentioned, there is a lot of work that needs to be done, and we will be with you every step of the way. Every major announcement that is made this summer, draft picks, free agent acquisitions, the hiring of a brand-new general manager, we'll have all of it here uh, at the Skating Penguin Network on future episodes of the Pens Cast, uh, also over at pensburg.com in a written form. Uh, but like Robbie said, this this is just the beginning of what is surely going to be a crucial turning point in the Penguins franchise history. And if I could steal a Mike Langism, we talked about Mike Lang just a couple of days ago on the mailbag episode of the Pens Cast. Buckle up, baby, because. Uh-huh. It is uh, surely going to be one crazy summer for the black and gold flightless birds in Pittsburgh. But uh, until until Robbie and I talk to you again, I have been Garrett Bahanna for Robbie Noggle. Uh, thank you so much for, for listening to this edition of the Pens Cast, and we will talk to you all again this time next week.